Hey guys, it is Coco Moco, and this is the first episode of my Ahead of the Curve podcast. I thought what better week to start it than when there's a lot going on on social media. Specifically, my For You page has been flooded with videos about this Trippin' with Tarte Dubai vacation that they sent some influencers on. And working behind the scenes in media and marketing, I think that there's a lot of unanswered questions that the audience and just people online have. And I kind of want to dive into it because uh, I think Tarte is genius for this trip. Um, They've done a lot of other trips in the past, but for some reason, this Dubai trip just really captivated a lot of people and raised a lot of questions. So I want to dive into it. I'm not affiliated, obviously, like with Tarte or anything. I don't, you know, see their numbers on the back end. So this is all just speculation and theories. Um, But I thought it would be interesting to dive into. And if y'all really enjoy this longer side of me, this longer form, then if you want to give me a rating, you can be honest. Doesn't have to be five stars, whatever you want. And that will just help me make more of these episodes. It'll show me that, you know, what I'm doing is worth it. I can't see comments on my podcast, but I can see reviews. So any kind of reviews would help um, to let me know that I'm going in the direction that you want me to. So thank you all so much for listening in and let's jump right into this topic. So one of the big critiques that was coming from TikTok was trying to figure out how much this cost Tarte for the trip. And I think what people don't always realize is that Tarte is probably getting a kickback or some of these things for free and they're working it into the contract that either they or the influencers have to mention where they're staying, they have to drop a few names. And it's a win-win for everyone involved because the influencers get a free trip. They get to stay in a nice hotel. Tarte is either paying less or not paying at all for the flights and the hotels. And the airline company and the hotel is getting free advertising. So it's this like cycle of press that they are all benefiting from. And I think... Again, this is speculation. I'm not working directly with them. I don't know. But I think that if they were, if they had to pay for the resort and if they had to pay for the flight, then they would not be name dropping as much as they are that we're at the Ritz Carlton, you know. Mind you, the flights that they were on had these beautiful, it was almost like a suite. Like they had a bed. It wasn't like a typical airplane. Um, an airline seat and their hotel is more of a villa and they have their own private pool their own private pools they have um it's like a almost like a beautiful apartment it's not like a hotel where you're in a literal small room with like a queen bed which i love hotels like that i'm like so grateful for anything that i get but they're not in that kind of setting so It makes me think that they are being incentivized to go there. 
On top of that, Dubai has really been pushing tourism lately to the Western countries and really trying to sell the idea of going to Dubai to a lot of different people. So I wouldn't be surprised if Tarte worked directly with Dubai as well and had some sort of incentive to make Dubai their destination for this um, trip. So those are all things to consider. The video that was going viral on TikTok that was from Jack Mack Barstool, he was basically trying to figure out the pricing of all of this and how much it would have cost Tart. And people were throwing out numbers of like 100000 to 200000 per person. Um, hence why people were saying like, it doesn't add up, it's a Ponzi scheme. But again, logistically and... Again, this is me speculating, but logistically from a marketing side, Tarte might not have had to pay for any of it, or they may have had some sort of financial incentive, like a kickback. Um, And I mean, even the Ritz-Carlton villas that they stayed at, Jack Mack was saying like, he tried to look up the price and you have to call to even find out the price of these villas. So... You know, Tarte wasn't going on Expedia and like booking these just on a random Wednesday through an intern. They probably had extensive conversations with the hotel, with the with the airline company, with Dubai's tourism office, and they had some sort of incentive to travel there. So, I doubt that they were paying a hundred thousand to two hundred thousand per person to go. And um, on top of that, getting into kind of the like return on investment, the ROI for Tarte, they are going to probably make so much money from this trip. And I want to get into kind of the genius behind this, and I'm going to get into that in a little bit, but I just want to like break down some more of these kind of conspiracies and unanswered questions that have come up on TikTok around these beauty trips now maybe some of the people on tiktok have just never been exposed to brand trips but i remember growing up watching youtube tart and benefit cosmetics would send people on trips all the time like manny mua alicia marie um they would all go on these extravagant trips jeffree star I remember there was one specific trip where they sent a bunch of influencers to Bora Bora and that was a trip in with Tarte um, promo and that was huge on YouTube at the time but it wasn't as big as it is on TikTok. I don't know what it is about TikTok and it kind of just transcends. I was doing some research and Alex Earl had gone on a recent Trippin' with Tart vacation as well. Um, and it didn't cause this much uproar or speculation. And why is that? I There was just something about this trip. I think anytime you go to Dubai, there's a level of like um, questions that arise from that just because of Dubai's history. So that may have raised some more alarm bells. And that's why this trip in particular, there were so many people looking into it. Um, so why do beauty brands do these huge trips? Um, the beauty industry is super lucrative, mind you. So unlike clothing and 
There are clothing brands that do trips like this. You have um, the Revolve Fest, like the Coachella Revolve Fest thing that happened last year. Um, but when it comes to beauty, number one, beauty is pretty expensive, um, especially these more luxury brands like Tarte and Benefit. And on top of that, um, when you buy a really good beauty product, you are incentivized to continue buying it. Whereas with clothes, it's the opposite. A really, really good like pair of jeans, the whole point is the better the quality, the less likely you are to have to go buy more. Or if you buy a really nice dress like, and you wear it to a few events, you might love the dress and want to wear it for the rest of your life, but that doesn't mean that you're going to go buy 10 pairs of that same dress. But when it comes to makeup in the beauty industry, products expire or you run out and you are incentivized that like the better the product, the more you use it and the more likely that you are to have to keep buying more and more of that product. For me, for example, I go through sunscreen so much. I don't care if I'm just driving in my car to go pick up a Starbucks. Like I will put sunscreen on the top of my hands. I have a weird thing about SPF on the top of my hands if I'm driving, on my neck, on my face. Um, I'll re-up on my sunscreen. So I go through sunscreen so fast, but I have a good pair of jeans. I don't have to buy another pair of jeans. So I think that's something people don't realize that aren't deep in the trenches of the beauty industry is how much money they make. So it is not a Ponzi scheme. They just make really good beauty products that people want to keep buying. And that is how they afford these trips. Now, I want to get into kind of the reason why I think that this trip was so genius and any money that they did spend on it, like they are going to make it back tenfold and why that is. So I think that something people don't always realize is why influencers make so much money and why they kind of get pampered for these trips. Now, I saw a TikTok from a journalist, her name is Kirby, and she was saying that in the past, like these trips, they would send, you know, magazine editors or whoever on these trips. And now it's more of like those influencers that go instead. So it's not like these trips have never existed. It's just that they're becoming more publicized because instead of pampering a magazine editor so that they write about it in, you know, the, f the first page on Seventeen magazine, it's sending these influencers so that they make a TikTok about it. Um, on top of that... Influencers get paid a lot for their videos whenever they mention a product because think about how much money it is to make a commercial. Like think of any commercial, you probably can't even think of a commercial you've seen lately because like who watches commercials anymore? No one. I look forward to Super Bowl commercials and that's about it. But think about how many people they have to employ that day for lighting for cameras for microphone for craft services for location scouting for props for sets for acting for casting for directing producing editing those are dozens of people on set that are all making 
hopefully making good money as they, you know, everyone deserves to be paid fairly. Um, they usually have some sort of unions. And so they are getting good money. And just in the acting world, that's not like my specialty, but I know that commercials, like you make the most money for commercials. You make so much money. Um, so think about how much money would go into producing a commercial, right? Now, think about how much money goes into sending a influencer one of your products. Maybe you pay 30 for shipping. You're giving them the product for free. And now you have to pay them for the TikTok that they're going to make that might get even more views or have more of an impact than a commercial um, when people tune it out anyways. So say it would cost them $20,000 to create a really good commercial um, that took them two or three days to film. Instead, they find an influencer who's going to have just the same amount of impact for the same amount of price, say it's $20,000, and they don't have to jump through all of the hoops of hiring, casting, location scouting, storyboarding. They really let the creativity live in the hands of the influencer, and it just makes their job easier. Like A lot of business is about figuring out how to have the biggest impact for the less amount of effort. So whenever people get frustrated at influencers, you know, getting to go on these trips or getting paid big amounts for their videos where they're promoting a product, what they don't realize is oftentimes that budget is coming out of what they would have paid for a commercial, which probably would have cost them even more to make. And at the end of the day, like people don't really watch commercials anymore. Have you ever had a commercial come on like a pre-roll ad on YouTube and actually sat there and like eagerly watched it through? I know I haven't. Maybe for like movie previews. I love movie previews, but that's about it. And whenever a commercial comes on when I'm watching Hulu or something like I that's usually when I leave the room to go brush my teeth or go get food. I've never seen a commercial in recent history and been like, wow, that really influenced me in some way, unless it's a movie preview. Um, And this trip is getting so many views, so many people are talking about it. And think about like the Super Bowl. The Super Bowl is probably one of the last huge things in media that people are willing to really sit down and watch and get excited about the commercials. One of my goals in life is to be in a Super Bowl commercial one day. I don't know what I'm doing. Like, if they have a paycheck, I have a talent, is the saying goes. Just tell me where I need to be. But other than that, people don't watch commercials. And Super Bowl commercials cost millions to make and then millions for a spot to even be on the lineup for the commercial, if you can even get your foot in the door. So having an influencer, like sending them a free concealer and having them make a 30 second TikTok about it, and you're getting just as many views and more impact than you would a commercial, like it is so worth it. That is why influencers are so valuable. 
Um, And another thing, really like my favorite thing to talk about when it comes to marketing is kind of this idea of like guerrilla marketing and what that means. Now, this isn't the exact definition for guerrilla marketing, but the one way that I describe it is getting someone else to do the posting for you. Um, So if you think of like the artist Banksy, he obviously like isn't trying to market anything. That's the point of his work, but he will put his art out there and then other people are the ones who are discovering it and who are posting it and talking about it and dissecting it. He's not, you know, making these long dissertations online, begging people to care about his art. The beauty of his art is that other people discover it and talk about it. So that's kind of like how I think of guerrilla marketing is doing some sort of stunt that other people then want to talk about and you don't have to keep yelling on your soapbox about why you are so awesome. Now, this is what happens with those brand trips or whenever a brand will send influencers free product. Basically, they understand that like they can have videos on their profile where they're doing tutorials. I think when it comes to like branding yourself, if you are a makeup brand or a clothing brand, more so a makeup brand, but like the only way to really post and not be super gimmicky is to educate people on like how to use your product to provide them some sort of value that isn't just yelling about how great your product is. So when it comes to these influencer trips, audiences are way more likely to listen to someone if they are not from the brand directly. So if you saw like the Tarte Cosmetics brand come up on your feed, if it's not an ad, like, and it's just an organic video, you're more incentivized to question how great the product is if they're telling you how great it is because obviously they want you to buy the product. That's the whole point. And they know that and brands aren't dumb. They know that. That's why they do these big trips. So what they're going to do is grab 10 people they see online who they think are making an impact and take them on this trip. And audiences are way more likely to be receptive to this new product that they're talking about if it's someone else. So think about it like um, if you've ever hung out with a group of friends and if someone in that group of friends describes themselves as like, hi, my name is Coco and I'm so funny. Like I'm a comedian. Like I'm hilarious. Like you're going to love me because I am so funny. You're going to be like, that's weird. Like someone who's funny never actually describes themselves as funny. Um, And you're probably more likely going to be even more critical of their jokes if they're the ones calling themselves funny. But if you're in a group of friends and someone else, especially if that person isn't even in the room, someone else says, oh my gosh, have you met Coco? She's so funny. She's makes me laugh. Like she should be a comedian. She's hilarious. You are way more likely to now believe that Coco is funny because someone else said it versus if Coco herself, me, is yelling it on the rooftops. If anything, it's going to have an adverse effect. Now, that's kind of what happens with commercials or product placement from the brands themselves. 
they want other people to do the posting for them. So that's where you get these trips. That's where you get these influencer paid promotions. And it works. It works way better than commercials at times. Um, You also have engagement. So people can talk about the products. They can comment. If you're watching a commercial, you feel a disconnect. You feel like you're not a part of that brand because you're passively watching it. But if you see a video come up on your feed and you can comment and you can say hi to the influencer or you can say, oh my gosh, that color looks great on you, you are now a part of that, you know, that brand. You are a part of that journey. I always say, and I heard it, I've heard it a few times in marketing, but someone who always talks about it is the Colin and Samir podcast, which is think of your audience as a group chat, not a performance. Um, Like your platform should be a group chat if you want people to feel included. So when it comes to this trip, I think that they seem to have pulled it off. My only real critique is that they went to Dubai Um, I just, I've heard things, you know, you, that's just, but I'm not educated enough to dive into that topic today. (laughs) Um, and I also mind you too, I want to talk about the kind of mental health toll that happens behind the scenes for a brand when people start speculating and it just like blows up the way that this trip did. I think they handled it well. I think that a really big ROI return on investment, Part of it is because like nowadays everyone wants to be a creator, right? Everyone wants to be an influencer and everyone has the ability to be. I think so beautiful is that everyone has this chance at their fingertips. So whenever part so whenever Tart does these tripping with Tart videos or, you know, influencer trips, they know that part of the people either consciously or subconsciously who are now going to be buying their specific products are going to be doing it because in the back of their mind, they have this desire to maybe one day they'll be an influencer and they'll be invited on these trips because now we're in a day and age where everyone's a creator. Like phones now are being catered to filming than communicating and texting and calling like everyone uses their phone now to be a creator so whenever these brands do these aggressive influencer trips they know that part of that is there's now a girl out there who feels like if she buys the tart products maybe one day she'll be invited on these tart trips and she'll be like those influencers that she looks up to you know there's a reason they're not just sending a bunch of actresses and models or people that feel almost unattainable on these trips but they're sending people that are really successful are really visible um you know are have obviously achieved a lot when it comes to being an influencer but that the audience feels like maybe that can be me one day if i identify with this brand if i talk about this brand so that's also part of it is Now, when you buy a Tarte product, there's this idea in the back of your mind that maybe one day you'll go on one of those trips. Or if not going on one of those trips, you'll now have a lifestyle where you and your friends are doing things like this. Um, So when you have those luxury makeup brands, you know, they're not necessarily sold in drugstores. Like you have to actively seek out these brands. You have to go to Sephora, which mind you, part of this trip was also 
um, with Sephora Middle East. So Sephora and Tarte are selling this idea that if you spend a little bit more money, you are now buying into a lifestyle. You are now, you now have the chance to one day hang out with these influencers, to go on these cool trips. Um, so that's all part of it too, is when you're selling a more expensive product, people are buying into the lifestyle, not just the convenience, like what you might get with the cheaper brands. Now, one last thing that I want to touch on is kind of the like dehumanization of these brands. And I know that's kind of the whole point is like they're a brand, but whenever you have these um, scandals, I don't know that this Tarte trip was even a scandal. I think it was kind of surface level, the speculation and questions that people were bringing up. Um but what people don't realize is like when they're calling it a Ponzi scheme, when they're saying it's Firefest, and then people are then going over to like the brand page and commenting or DMing, what people never realize about these, the people who run these brands is like there's usually some sort of intern like on the other end of those dms or that's vetting the comments that is now having to deal with it and i think what people don't realize is like even the biggest brands out there and i know this from firsthand experience they are run by humans <laughs> sometimes the lowest level underpaid people are the ones that are having to respond to your dms um read the comments now Again, I don't know that this Tarte one was like to that level. Um, I more so think of like the Revolve Fest drama that happened where um, I think it was kind of egged on too by like some of the people that went and obviously like made videos and I wasn't there. So I don't know where that stressors, I don't know where the stressors came from and I'm definitely an advocate and like if you really do feel like something was wrong speaking up and trying to make it fair but whenever people just dogpile <clears throat> it happens to influencers and just even normal people as well who are vulnerable enough to put themselves out there and when the dogpiling starts to happen um it's not always the people that are super high up at the company that have to deal with it and um it can be really, really scary. So whenever someone says, I say that to say, whenever I see videos that are like, oh, all press is good press, like this company purposely caused a controversy because now we're all talking about it. The truth of the matter, at least from the brands that I've worked with in my experience, no company ever wants a controversy. They would rather lay low and satisfy their current customers then cause a huge controversy and ostracize like a ton of people that are loyal to them or possibly new customers usually whenever something happens um, and I'm not talking about like really awful things here that you know can happen on an influencer or brand end I'm talking about more of these like memeified kind of echo chamber dogpiling that sometimes happen um, where 
brands do not want controversy at all. And I think that people overestimate how controllable the internet is. It's not. And whenever someone's like, oh, they did this on purpose to get people talking about it, usually when things go viral for a bad reason, people did not know that was going to happen. Um, Now, I don't think the Tarte thing necessarily went viral for a bad reason, Um, but there was a lot of speculation and things being thrown around about their finances and how are they affording this and um, stuff like that. So really like the kind of ethos of my podcast is at the end of all of these topics, I just want to remind you guys that like whether it's a brand or influencer, there's always a human behind the handle. And I myself, like one time I was running, a, I had to post a reel to a really big um, social media brand account. It was a food account with um, 40 million followers on Instagram. I'm not even kidding you, four zero million followers. I was shaking in my boots. And I spelled the word sandwich wrong. Um... I'm pretty sure I have some sort of spelling disability. It's been something I've struggled with since college was when it really started to impact me. But anyways, um, and it was on a reel, like text on screen, so I couldn't fix it. And I posted it. And obviously, like if it's a huge brand, you can't delete things. We want to be transparent. And immediately I clocked that I made a mistake and so did the comments, and I cried myself to sleep. I thought I was going to lose my job reading the comments. I thought that my life was over. Everything I'd worked for, um, every essay I wrote in college, every test that I took, every job I applied for, every email I sent, every video I posted to try to claw myself to where I was, was going to be taken away from me because I spelled sandwich wrong, and the audience was commenting like whatever social media intern wrote this like you guys need to fire them right now like this person is awful at their job and I just cried and cried and cried and my managers were so graceful and they were like it's not that big of a deal like it's fine the comments are gonna forget it like it's okay and that made me feel so relief but I remember being so afraid to clock into work the next day thinking that I was going to lose everything because the comments told me that I deserved to. And I just say that to kind of remind you guys that like whenever controversies happen, oftentimes, you know, big or small, and again, not when it's like really, really sinister stuff, but um, there's usually a human behind the other side of that account that's probably freaking out and scared. And the brands never want to put anyone in that position. Um, So just kind of having grace and not trying to tear anyone down. If something wrong happens um, and someone brings it up like and addresses the problem, all it takes is one person to need to bring it up. Like I think it's whenever it becomes an echo chamber that it can become really, really dangerous and scary. Um, And so even with this Tarte trip, I don't know that they were seeking out drama at all. Um, And if anything, it seems like when I was doing my research, 
the videos talking about this trip were more so people explaining like they probably got a really great return on investment and didn't even spend that much money on the trip speculating so um, but I think that it was getting towards that territory it was teetering towards that territory and my heart always goes out to the person like usually the uh, underpaid intern on the other end of the social media accounts when things hit the fan because it can get really scary out there. So those are my thoughts on the trip. Um, I personally would love if Mike White, the creator of White Lotus, did an entire White Lotus season except it's from the perspective of like an influencer brand trip. I think that would be so so amazing and fascinating and just knowing the dynamics behind it um so that is where i'm gonna end this um, podcast my first podcast um thanks guys for listening and being ahead of the curve with me and if you ever have topics you want me to discuss like you can leave comments on my instagram or tiktok probably instagram because i see those comments more than my tiktok um And also, if you leave a review, because I can't see comments for a podcast, but I can definitely read your reviews, and the more reviews that I get, um, the more likely I am to be able to continue this podcast and really make it like my full-time thing and just really dive in with y'all and talk about these things um, fully, full speed ahead. So thank y'all so much, and I hope you have an amazing week. And I will see you in the next episode.